Do you own any Russian stocks? If you do, uh, they're not doing so well right now. Do you own any China stocks? They're doing okay. They've had a little rough water to go through of late, but um, I don't own either. Uh, is now the time to buy Russian stocks? Uh, there, some of them are now tradable, or is now the time to buy China stocks? That's what I want to talk about in this video because I think it's very pertinent. I think there's some uh, changes that are happening that you need to be aware of if you own Russian stocks or if you own China stocks. Now, you may be saying, who owns Russian stocks? Well, you don't remember the interview I did. Let's see, it was on October the 10th and 11th. It was actually a two-part video. It was an interview with Jim Rogers. Now, I know a lot of you don't know who Jim Rogers is. I encourage you to Google him. He uh, is a noted trader of past. And in that interview, he told me, in fact, he, he asked me, do, Carrie, do you own any Russian stocks? And I said, no. Who owns Russian stocks? He, he says, I do. They have some wonderful companies. They're very predominant in minerals and, and grains. And, uh, and then he said, I've made tremendous money uh, on their shipping stocks and on their fertilizer stocks. I listened, but I did not buy. Jim Rogers did. Apparently, a lot of other people did, and they're in trouble right now uh, because the Russian ruble has collapsed. Um, the Russian stock market was, uh, was closed for about two weeks. I think they just recently opened, so they are trading, but they've dropped dramatically. The question then becomes not so much about Russian stocks, but let's talk about China stocks and how we own them, or if we own them, I do not, uh, but let's dig into that. And I hope that this video will give you some insights that maybe you didn't have up until now, and maybe you can make a good investment decision because that's our number one goal here. It is not, though, to give financial advice. It is to share knowledge, share experience, not only from me, but from my tribe, the group of people that show up at our Discord and share information. So let's get into this right after this disclaimer. Best of Us Investors presents Kerry Griegmeier. Again, let me say, I have no skin in this game. I own no China stocks. I own no Russian stocks. Hell, I don't even own any Tesla. I got out of Tesla back in November of last year because I didn't like their exposure to China. I didn't like that their largest plant was in China. I didn't like that their, their uh, biggest sales are in China. And I just don't believe I can trust China. And I don't want to put any of my money somewhere where I think the risk quotient is out of, rack, of whack. In fact, I've done 19 videos on this subject, and they date back to March the 24th of 2020. Yes, right at two years ago, I said, I don't want to own any China stocks because I think they're too dangerous. I I've read the books. I know that Xi Jinping has said we will be the dominant economic force, the dominant uh, military force, 
in the dominant society of, of the world by 2040. Well, that's a ways off, but he's going to make moves in that direction. And so therefore, I, I see better opportunities with less risk in the United States than I see in China. So I choose not to own any China stocks. Uh, part of the videos that I did basically ans- addressed the questions of, do you know what you own? Do you, do you own companies that are based in China or do you own shell companies of those companies in China that are actually based in the Grand Caymans? Because the China government, it says, we don't want to share our information and we don't want the other countries to see the books of our prominent companies. So these companies, in order to fill your need for to own China stocks, set up shell companies in the Grand Caymans, and that's what you own. But we've talked about that, and you've ignored it and said, that means nothing. Yeah, it does. If you own Russian stocks, you know it does mean something. So that's where we are. So what I wanted to do is once again, ring that bell to say, be aware of what you own. So today, uh, March 31st, 2022, I see a interview on Squawk Box with Joe Kernan. And it's a guy by the name of Kyle Bass. He is the CEO and founder of Heyman Capital Management. It's a hedge fund. I've seen him on there a number of times. I like his insights. I think he's I think he has a perspective that is beyond that of Wall Street. I think he thinks more logically. I think he looks at it and says, there's more to this than just money. And you have to dig deep to understand what's going on. So with that in mind, I want to share what I heard this morning on Squawk Box and see if you relate to it or if you just think it's enough, another, a bunch of gas that's uh, flowing from, from um, Kyle Bass's mouth. So let's watch this and then let's talk about it. What Putin has just taught the institutional investment community is that entire countries should be considered uninvestable. Uh, I know everyone thought Spurbank and Gazprom and many of the other Russian companies uh, were, quote, cheap from an international perspective and from an investment standard. And I realize China tantalizes the world with their potential growth, the 1.4 billion Chinese at the end of the rainbow that everyone wants to sell something to. But in the end, what Putin just taught us is we need to look at the despotic autocrats and we need to really rethink if the negative convexity or the negative risk that we're associating uh, with these potential uh, countries uh, is worth the investment. Or more importantly, if you're doing your exercising your proper fiduciary duty, they call it the prudent man standard. So one could argue that when you're investing in a country uh, who won't submit their companies to standard audits, whose leader can literally Uh, decimate entire industries at a whim like China did in the last 12 months with for-profit education, tech, healthcare, you name it. Um, And now you've got uh, the last two secretaries of state in the United States saying that China's committing, uh, you know, crimes against humanity and and genocide. Again, that that schism between Wall Street, DOD and intelligence uh, in the U.S. has never been wider. 
And I think institutional investors' fiduciary responsibilities uh, need to be brought into the light because anyone invested in Russia just lost everything. And as you say, China's on that razor's edge. If they decide to give uh, 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 Russia any kind of military support, and if they make the wrong decision in actually siding with Russia here uh, overtly and submit themselves to sanctions by the U.S., then all of U.S. investment in China is now suspect. And I, I would I would be willing to posit that the people that have huge private equity investments, multi-billion dollar investments in China, uh, are very worried about their ability to ever get that money back now. And that was never a thought going in. And now it's a, now it's a very serious thought. He mentions the prudent man rule. And that relates back to what I was taught as a financial advisor the years so I was in there, is to exercise fiduciary responsibility. What does that mean? That basically means as a financial advisor, you are pledged to not put your uh, clients in undue risk, to recognize the underlying risk that is involved with a stock and then to act prudently. And my interpretation of that is much as Kyle Bass's interpretation is, and much as the past two secretaries of state for the United States has been, that China is not allowing us to see their books for their companies. So that takes away what a prudent person would do in giving advice for people to buy stocks. And that goes not only to, to uh, NEO, but it, it, it goes to Baidu, Tencent, some of the biggest stocks in the world that are based in China. And as Kyle said, chasing the lure of selling to the huge 1.3 billion population in China that we don't have, and thus we want to take part in it. But it is not prudent. It is not, uh, as a financial advisor, and I am not your financial advisor, it is not following fiduciary responsibility. So my question to you is, are you invest in China? And then I would ask you, are you interested in investing in Russia, North Korea, or Iran? And I think in all three cases, you would say, no, that's not prudent. That's not good fiduciary responsibility. So you know my next question. I'm not even going to ask it. You know it. You make your decision. I have no skin in this game. I invest in the future. I invest in companies that I think are going to change the way I live. And that is the, the, the junction of biology and technology, which is called biotech, that I think is going to change the way I live. I think it's actually going to change the length of my life. So that's where I want to invest. After that comes to fruition, I probably want to invest in alternative energy. Not quite there yet. Want to gain my millions in biotech, which I think I will. But it won't be in China, even though I watched a very, a very good video put out by Barron's of how China has basically said, 
we will surpass the United States in the field of dominance of biotechnology. We're going to spend whatever it takes to make us number one. Okay, talk to you again tomorrow.